Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, um, and I'm so excited for us to finish up this series about God who wants a life Um, a a party for you and for your life. Um, I I think we've lived for so long just sort of doing what we do that we've missed out on some of the joy and the goodness that God has for us. And so this whole series has been about how we can get rid of those things that keep us from the party, the goodness, the joy that God has for our lives, and how we can really start to experience that and soak it up. And so this morning we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at a story. I don't always dress like this, if anyone was wondering. Um, so we're going to look at a story about these men who were, who were soldiers, who were in an army, and they were battling day after day after day for something that they believed in. There was a guy named David. He was a new king. He, he had just been appointed king like 20 years before this, and he went through all of these hardships, all of these things. And the people of Israel, these people that, that God had set aside to, to be God's chosen people to sort of make God's goodness and love known throughout the world, this group of people knows that David is supposed to be the king of this whole land, this whole region. But but the people, the people who live in that land are like, eh, we don't think so. We kind of like the way we're doing things over here in Philistine. We kind of like the way things are going over here where we are. We don't think David needs to be the king over everything. And these, these, these few men to start with are like, no, we know that, that this is what's supposed to happen. God has told us that David is supposed to be the king. And so for 20 years, y'all, for 20 years, they fight battle after battle after battle. And slowly, David starts starts to become the king over place after place after place after place. And I'm reading this story this week, and I felt like God was asking me this question. These guys show up day after day after day fighting for people that they love. They want the people that they love to have the right king who's ruling over them. They, they love the land that God has given to them. They like farming it. They know what to do. They know what to grow. They know when to plant things. They know when to expect the rain to come and when it's going to be the dry season. They figured out how to live and love the land that had been given to them and they knew that that David needed to be their king and they loved God. They knew that the plan that God had for the people of Israel was for David to be their king. There, There were two kingdoms. There was Israel and Judah and Judah had not yet been convinced that David needed to be the king. And so David spends all of this time recruiting hundreds of thousands of men. Before the story I'm about to read you, they they talk about recruiting 6,000, 60,000, 80,000, 120,000. So they have all these hundreds of thousands of men who have fought battle after battle after battle, ready for David to be the king. The the scripture I'm going to read says they were all focused on one mind. And this is what, after I read and read and read this story, this is what I felt like God was asking me this morning. What battle have you been showing up to day after day after day? You love the people and you you love people around you and you want the very best for them, so you fight some battles, right? You love the land that you live on and so you fight some battles. You love God and you want God's goodness for the world, but you show up and you're battling thing after thing after thing. Has your parenting become a battle? Has your marriage become a battle? a battle? Has surviving become a battle? Has your finances become a battle? Is there some addiction that you have in your life and you're hiding and it has become a battle? Have you showed up day after day after day battling, 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 battling 
Have you, is that how you show up? And this is, what, this is what happens. Those guys showed up in Hebron. David calls all the men together. These guys show up with chest plates on because they've, they fought little battle after little battle after little battle, and they don't trust anyone around them, and they don't know what's about to be hurled at them next, so they have their chest plate on. They don't know what's hiding in the ground that might damage their legs, so they put shin guards on. They come fully armored. I have a helmet here, too. I'll, I'll put it on just for looks, just for a second. Um, they have, you know, their helmets on because they don't know what's going to maybe maybe hurt their head. We're just going to, this is what they looked like when they got there. That's visual effects there. But they put thing after thing after thing on their body to protect them from all of the battles that they keep fighting. And they show up, and this is what David wants for them. He wants them to have a moment where they let go of all of the battling and they experience the goodness, good food, good community, time with each other, and they can reimagine, rehear the voice of God and catch a glimpse of that because David is a good king and David knows this, that if they keep showing up in battle mode day after day after day, they're, they're going to lose sight of God's goodness. And so David prepares a party for these men to take off the chest plates, to take off the shin guards, to remove the gloves and the helmets, and to experience God's goodness. And here's the thing, guys. I believe some of you here this morning need to hear this invitation. You have been battling something for 20 years. The seven years prior to this were especially hard for these men because they were going after the country of Judah. They were going to they were gonna have to mentally battle them. They were going to have to physically battle them. There was going to be a spiritual battle for them. They were in battle for years and years and years. And, and David knew. David knew they were going to have to take off some of that stuff to be able to experience the goodness of God. And so this morning, if you are longing, if you are deeply longing for the joy and goodness of God, I need you to ask this question to yourself. What have you been battling? What have you been battling year after year after year, day after day after day? And what, what protection armor do you have? Well, maybe you don't look silly like this in front of your family and friends, but I bet they'll tell you, maybe, maybe you're not putting on a chest plate and a helmet, but are you putting on anger? Are you putting on rage to protect yourself from the things around you? Are you putting on striving extra hard, overworking, becoming a workaholic? Are, are you putting those on to protect yourself from the things around you? What is it? What are the things that you are putting on that because you are living in battle mode every single day? Let me tell you something. It will prohibit your ability to experience the goodness and the joy that God has for you if you can't take a moment to start taking some of that stuff off and hearing and knowing the good plan that God has for your life and for the world again. We, we need to take a moment and think right now, ask yourself this question, what battle are you fighting? What battle are you fighting? Because God may be ready for you to take off some of this protective gear you've been wearing for too long. If you have your Bibles with you, if you'll turn to, to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 38. Um, some of the scriptures behind me, that it starts in 33. You can start, we're just going to flip through these pretty quick and see these numbers of men who are there. There's 50,000, there's 1,000 officers and 37,000 men who are carrying shields and spears. They have all these things to protect themselves. Dan is ready to, to battle with 28,600 men from their men from Asher who uh, are these experienced soldiers ready for battle they've been 
fixing their chest plates and stuff for years. 40,000 of them are ready to show up from East Jordan, from Reuben and Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh, armed with every type of weapon. They are ready for battle. All of these, listen to this, all of these were fighting men who volunteered to serve in the ranks. They've all showed up to fight for this thing that they believe in. They came to Hebron fully determined, completely focused on making David the king over all of Israel. All of the rest of the Israelites were of one mind to make David king too. Everybody agreed, this is what God is asking us to do. This is what needs to happen. David needs to be king. So then I want you to hear what David makes sure happens. The men spent three days there with David. Not, not ten minutes, not three seconds. They spent three full days with David eating and drinking for their families had supplied provisions for them. David had convinced everybody around there, these men need to stop. They need to stop battle mode, and we need to, to party. We need to experience God's goodness by eating and drinking. Also, their neighbors from as far away as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali came, bringing food on donkeys and camels and mules and oxen. All of these people recognized we can't keep living in battle mode to do the next thing God has for us. We need to stop. And listen to this. There were plenty of supplies of flour and fig cakes, raisin cakes and wine, olive oil, cattle and sheep. And I want you to listen to this. There was joy in Israel. There was joy in Israel. Maybe some of you are asking the same question that I asked God this week. I hear you. I need to not operate in battle mode all the time. How in the world do I do that, God? Where do I start? Where do I start? How do I begin to show up and not be in battle mode all the time? And the first thing that I think God would say to you is, is pay attention to my spoiler alert. Did you hear that last sentence? There was joy in Israel. David planned this party for a reason. David knew that as the people followed the vision that God had for them, something really good was going to happen. And David prepared a moment for them where they could begin to experience just a taste of that joy and that goodness. They remembered, they remembered as they all sat there, the story of, of what God had done through, the, through them. God had brought their, their ancestors out of slavery and oppression and and trials and darkness. God had brought them out of that into the promised land. They had lived in exile. They'd been kicked out of the promised land and had to come back. And God had always been good and faithful for the people and to the people of Israel. And for just a moment, for just a moment, they had to stop and remember that this God that they were, that they were entering into this life and this covenant with, that this God had joy and goodness for them. David was a smart king, and he made sure the people stopped living in battle mode and for just a moment experienced the joy and goodness that God was going to have for them and all of Israel. There was raisin cakes and flour, sheep and oxen. There was a really good spread of food. There were really good drinks, and there were really good company. They began, I, I think I have a slide that says this. They began, this is what God asks you to do. God asks you to trust in the spoiler alert, not 
just in your past experiences. Those guys were prepared. They were prepared to go into battle. They knew what they needed. But God said to them in that moment, trust in the joy I'm going to bring to you and not just all of your past experiences. You can take off that chest plate for a few minutes because all the rest of these men I recruited are going to be working for the same thing you're working for. They had the same vision of God's goodness and glory to come into the world. For a few moments, for a few moments, they had to begin to trust in God's spoiler alert and not just in their past experiences. If you are ready to not live in battle mode, you have to know this. This, this is a spoiler alert. God has joy and goodness ready for your life. In, in a few thousand years, Jesus would come as the king. He would give his life for these people, and he would overcome sin and death and pain and shame and guilt and grief. Spoiler alert, there is going to be joy in Israel. There is going to be joy for the people of God always, always. And sometimes when we're headed into life and we're, we're just living in battle mode and we can't figure out how to step back and take a deep breath and enjoy the peace and, and, and goodness and joy that God has, it's because we don't believe in the spoiler alert. We don't have faith in what God has promised to God's people. There's going to be a day of goodness and joy, and it doesn't depend on the circumstances that are around you. Take off the armor uh, that, that you've put on. Take off the, the shields and the, the chest plates and the helmets. Take off the anger and the rage and the overworking and the strife. Take it all off. And for just a few moments, know that just as you are, you have a God that will fight your battle for you. You don't have to come prepared and ready for everything. You have a God who loves you and wants you to experience goodness and joy. And sometimes... When we are living our lives way too fast, when we, are, when we are all wrapped up in battle mode, we forget. We forget to take a step back and experience the goodness of God's spoiler alert. Take some time to know that, that we've got to trust in God's spoiler alert for us, not our past experience. And if you want to know how you can know more about that, that spoiler alert, begin to open this. You can go to horizontpa.info right now and sign up. There are devotions. There are six or seven different devotions that you can start reading. Spend some time with, with this book, this Bible that was given to us to tell us about the spoiler alert God has for you. And as you sit down, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the spoiler alert God has for your life. That maybe your circumstances around you leave you, feel like, leave you feeling like you're fighting a battle. But God has goodness and joy and, and peace waiting for you in your life. That's what God wants for you in your life. And God made it available to us through Jesus. David knew. David knew if he wanted these people to continue to have the vision, God's vision for the people of Israel, he was going to have to stop. He was going to have to stop battle mode and enter into party mode. Stop battle mode, enter into party mode and say, spoiler alert, there is joy and goodness coming. There's joy and goodness coming. This is actually what we're working for. And God is saying that to some of you this morning. Stop. Stop. Take off all the mess that you've put on over the last few years and experience the goodness and the joy. Stop your battle mode and enjoy the party mode that God has for you. Have faith in the new way that God is doing things. Have faith in the new way that God is doing things. If you're ready to start taking off some of this armor, you're not going to need this for the new work God has for you. 
You're not going to need that anger and that rage that's protected you for so long. You can take it off. God has something else for you. you that passive aggressiveness, that people pleasing just to, to get ahead, you can take it off. That's not what God wants for you. And it's interrupting the joy and the goodness. Take it off for a few minutes and enjoy the party that God has for you. Because in the new thing that God is doing in Israel, you're not going to need all this. We're not going to need all of this. The, the, the vision that God gave to the city of Israel is that it would be diverse. There would be all kinds of different people there with all kinds of different experiences, all kinds of different races and nationalities. The new city that Jesus was building, the, the vision that God gave to this king that the, the people were, were working towards, the vision that God gave for them is it's going to be a brand new city. It's going to be a brand new city. All kinds of people are going to be welcome here with all kinds of experiences and all kinds of things. And you're not going to need all this. You can begin to trust one another. God has something good and amazing for us. The entire book of Chronicles is about that. It's about God building this new temple is what it says. This, this new, and, and it doesn't need walls. It doesn't need stained glass. It doesn't need all this stuff. What it needs is people who trust each other. And it's hard to trust when we've got all this mess on. It's hard to trust when, when we're covering up our heads and our chest and our arms with all of the things that have protected us for so long. And God says, have faith in the new thing I'm doing, in the new church, in the new temple I'm creating. One that doesn't need walls or ceilings or stained glass or even the most beautiful music. What it needs is people who trust and love each other and who are working for a new day in the world where my goodness and my joy and my peace are known. No matter what experiences you've had in life, no matter what color you are, no matter what race or ethnicity you are, God's goodness is coming. And every Sunday morning, we gather as a new church to get a foretaste, just a little spoiler alert of the coming goodness that God has for us. When we sit in a room and we can trust each other deeply, when we can say, I'm tired of wearing impatience and rage as my chest plate, and I'm ready to experience the goodness of God, and somebody loves you enough to say, I love you, take it off, and I'll pray for you. That, that is what we're working for here, folks for the goodness of God to be known in a brand new way, in a brand new way. These people began to believe in that. They began to believe in that, and they would work for anything because, because David said, let's stop battle mode and let's experience party mode. So one way that you can do that is begin to trust, begin to trust in the new thing that God is doing. Again, if you want to be, begin to learn about that new thing God is doing, open this book up and start to read. Start to read about the new thing, the new vision that God has for God's people. The third thing that, that, that we have to have faith in to, to stop living in battle mode and to start living in party mode is to have faith in the hope of Jesus becoming king, not the things of this world. I guarantee you if you sit back and ask yourself, what have I been battling for 20 years what have I been battling for five years? What have I been battling for six months? The deep desire is for something that does not have eternal and hopeful value. It is probably not the things that God wants for us. If you sit back and ask yourself, what is it I've been battling? What is it I've been protecting myself from? What is it I've been striving for? What is it that I've been protecting myself from? It is, it is to hold on to something that belongs to this world and not to God's world. It's something, you've been holding on and protecting something that belongs to this world and not to God's world. You've been holding on to something that belongs to this world and not to God's world. What does it look like 
in grief and anger and pain, in striving or people pleasing? What does it look to take? What does it look like to take some of that off and to begin to catch the vision that God has for you in your life? It may not be uh, the biggest promotion or the better job, or if it is, it means that you live into that in a way that benefits the kingdom, this new kingdom, this new thing that God is doing. And Jesus, Jesus is who tells us about it. Jesus is that coming king that they don't even know they're fighting about. See, the, the book of Chronicles, let me, let me just tell you a little something about it. It helps you understand these few verses that we picked out that talk about the joy in Israel, that talk about this spoiler alert, this goodness. In the book of Chronicles, what, what, what they do is they actually retell the stories that have been told in the three or four books before this in the Old Testament. So there's this book called uh, Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Second Kings, and these books tell about the anointing of David, the bringing up of David. They tell about all these hardships and stuff that David had. And if you start to read this, this is what you're going to find out about David. David cheated. David, this king who everybody wants to be the king of Israel, he cheated on his wife. He, uh, he cheated. He got this other woman pregnant, and then he killed her husband to cover it all up. He, like, creates this entire mess. And these people are fighting for this guy to be their king. Why are they doing that? Because First Chronicles tells us something. There is a, a better king even than David coming that will cover up all your pain, all your shame, and all your past mistakes. It points us. This book begins to point us. So Chronicles leaves that story out, not because it's not important, not because we don't all know that that's who David is. It leaves that story out of the Bible, out of that section of the scripture, because it wants us to recognize the goodness of God. Like, look what God was able to accomplish in and through David. This man who was fighting all kinds of battles himself, who was covering up all these past mistakes and all these things, when he stopped battle mode, when he stopped fighting for all the things he wanted, and when he started to catch a vision for God, look what he was able to accomplish. Hundreds of thousands of men who believed in a new church, a new community of faith, who believed in a new king, who believed in a God who would sing a, send a new king, who, who would come in a totally different way, who would bring his new kingdom not through battles and war, but through healing and miracles and peace and bringing people together. This book believes in the coming hope of a different king, King Jesus. And so what, what, what David knows on his very best days is when we get out of battle mode and when we get into party mode, when we get into God's party mode, we can begin to have hope not in the things that stay here in the world, but we can begin to have hope in, in the things God wants for this world goodness and joy and peace that that transcends the circumstances we experience every day that we we battle every day something that that's bigger than that that's better than that that's offer more offers more wholeness and goodness than that we can begin to take these silly things off that we've put on for way too long to battle we can begin to take them all off and live differently this book points us towards the greatest truth that you ever, ever need to hear. There is a coming king, and his name is Jesus. And here's the spoiler alert. Jesus will live a life just like me and you had to live. He will be 100, 100% human. He will experience pain and betrayal. 
He will experience family dysfunction. He will experience people being mean to him and mocking him. He will want some of the things that we wanted, but because he is 100% God, because he was 100% God's son and God, he also wanted the things of God for us. He wanted us to understand that we weren't planting gardens for food for today. We were planting gardens for food to share with the people around us because the things of community, the things of really caring about one another, that will last forever. We begin to plant seeds not in the ground, not just in the ground, but but in something bigger than ourselves. This book, this party begins to point us towards that. When we have raisin cakes and, and flour, enough to make all the kinds of cakes we want, when we have sheep and oxen to eat these amazing smoked meats and have this amazing party, it's not just about the party in that moment. It's not just about winning the battle that comes tomorrow. It's about this, this coming kingdom, this different way of living. And Jesus was not just going to show us what that looked like. This coming king wasn't just going to teach us about what it looked like in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John, Jesus wasn't just going to show it to us or tell us about it. Jesus was going to live it. He would walk and fight the hardest battle that there ever needs to be fought. He would go to the cross to to take on all that shame and those mistakes, all those battles that we've tried to cover up in in our own lives. He would take it all. He would take it on, and this is what would happen. He would raise again above all of it. He would be a king that says that stuff, if if you didn't believe me here while I was on earth, that stuff isn't important. That stuff isn't what matters. What matters is the goodness of God being, being, being made known in the world. He would raise again from death to offer us hope and peace and joy and goodness. So then in the midst of every battle, we would know this spoiler alert, that one day Jesus is coming back and it's going to make everything right. Everything will be healed. Everything will be new. And there will be no more needs for battles or swords or chest plates or helmets. There will be no more need for the anger and the rage and the addictions and the, all the thing, the financial things, the striving, the people pleasing. There will be no more need for all of those things that we've been using in every single battle we've been in, there will be need for only one thing, the hope that comes through Jesus. And if you don't know that, if you don't know it deeply in your life, you're going to live every single day in battle mode, and it will wear you out. Right now, in this new church, God is giving you an invitation to stop battle mode and enter into party mode. What is it you need to take off? What have you been wearing and battling for too long? And God says, you have just a minute. The band's going to come play. you, You have just a minute right now to take it off, to take it off and just be you and know about the goodness that God has for you and for the world. And then there's a world hungry for it. If you don't think people will notice if you don't think people will notice that you're not living in battle mode and you are living literally to the tune of a different drummer, you are living to the orders of a different king, if you don't think people will start to notice that and crave it, I promise you they will. They'll say, tell me about what that is you have. I have a hope not in my bank account being perfect, not in my kids being perfect, not in my job being perfect, not in my life being perfect. I don't have hope in that anymore. I have hope in a coming king who's going to heal all the brokenness in this world and make everything right. And so